morning, Nancy. My name is Gracie. And I'm Abby. So a few things before we begin. It's the final full-length episode of season two. Thank what? you. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I did it, Abby. Yay. Thank you all so much for listening. Hopefully we will see you again for another 10 full-length episodes for season three. Okay. Wow. Let's get this morning started. Today we'll be talking about the 1980 Canadian teen slasher classic, Prom Night. The film was directed by Paul Lynch and stars Jamie Lee Curtis and Leslie Nelson. Abby, do you have any fond prom night memories from your prom? I mean, my boyfriend at the time was too old to go to prom with me. (laughs) He was not allowed. So um, I went with... Um, who did I? Oh, I went with another girl that I'm still really good friends with, actually. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And we had a really great time. And my dress was awesome. It was a bridesmaid dress that I got for $25 from like a consignment shop. That is so cool and so thrifty of you. Yeah. And of course, like I had that. Have you ever seen those stupid like rhinestone stick on tattoos? I had like. I had like a swirly pattern one that I put on the back on like my shoulder. Stop. No, you didn't. No, I did. I have pictures to prove it. <laughs> we might have to put them on Instagram if I can find them. That's awesome. That was prom for me. So I was homeschooled. Uh, I didn't actually go to like real school until I went to college. We actually, <laughs> listen though, we actually had homeschool prom for oh, yeah. for like high school age students. Mm-hmm. Um, so normally, I don't know how other states do it, but in New York, there's a program called LEA and is learning education at home. And I'm pretty sure they're the ones that put on the prom for the homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I like totally missed the memo. So I <laughs> never had a prom. Oh, but both my sisters went to homeschool prom. Were you, you could have chaperoned? No, I don't know if I wanted to do that. <laughs> you didn't want to be a buzzkill? So I actually called my sister today to like double check with her like what homeschool prom was like. So there's a dress code. The dresses uh, have to like, they have to go past your knee. So you can't have a dress that's like at your knee or right above it. It has to go past it. So it has to be like long dresses. There can't be a lot of boobage. but girls still like I guess she was telling me that she's like oh my they all broke the rules they all had like really revealing dresses I guess a lot of the The homeschoolers the homeschoolers oh homeschoolers are some of the most (laughs) live dangerously type people out there oh my god you'd be surprised living proof living proof Gracie Most of the time, homeschoolers are Christian, so a lot of the time, Christian parents Repressed. were like chaperoning. It's like Rumspringa. Yes, it is. But listen, so I asked her, like, okay, we're like Christian, like rock was Christian rock playing or like top switchfoot right? DC talk. It was for sure she was gonna say that, and she said no. Like it was like top ten, top twenty songs would play. Uh, okay, listen though, I can't imagine. A bunch of like homeschooled kids getting down to frickin' get low by the Ying Yang twins. <laughs> like you can because no matter what with dancing or what song you were dancing to, you always still had to leave room for Jesus. I was just gonna say that. So leave room for Jesus. So no matter what song was playing, Jesus was there dancing with you. More like leave room for Jesus. Am I right? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. But so yeah. she actually also went to like a regular high school prom, my sister did, and because she was invited by another friend. Uh, so she went to homeschool prom with our cousin who was also homeschooled. And then she went to like regular high school prom with another friend of hers. And she said, compared to homeschool prom, that regular prom was, and this is her own word, she said, grimy. Us but, public school kids, we're gross. I guess so. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, yeah. so that's homeschool prom for all of you who were just dying to know what it was yeah there yeah. you go i never went though oh well that was real eye-opening yeah you've learned a lot let's talk about the movie okay <laughs> english canadian director paul lynch was interested in making a slasher film so he approached the american indie film producer erwin yablans and he was like hey i really want to make a horror film. What do you think? And Yablans was known at the time for producing the original 1978 Halloween and the 1979 eventual cult classic Tourist Trap, which is one of my favorites. Um, oh yeah. Oh man, it's it's been a minute. That one is pretty frightening too. I mm. want I want to do an episode on that one. Yablans suggested to Lynch that he pick a holiday to base the slasher flick around, since that seemed to be like the hip thing to do in the late 70s was have a horror movie based on a holiday. And, I mean, you see that with Halloween, Black Christmas, uh, My Bloody Valentine. Instead, Lynch decided to base the story around a popular event in high school, prom. So that was something everyone could relate to. Not yeah. me, but everyone. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> so writer Robert Guza Jr. already had a script concept based around a group of children who do something sinister and years later it comes back to haunt them. Lynch and Guza took this concept and added the part about the prom as well as the killer's exact motivation. So they basically just rehashed his original script about those kids. Mm. Jamie Lee Curtis was an instant star in her breakout role as Laurie Strode in John Carpenter's Halloween. And during the casting process, Lynch tried to get Curtis to sign on for the role for the final girl, Kim, but her agent was not biting. I assume because she had already done a horror film and maybe her agent didn't think she needed to do another one, like she could do more stuff now. Yeah. So as backup, Lynch casted Eve Plume as Kim and listeners might recognize Eve as Jan from the Brady Bunch. Oh, what? Oh, I like Jamie Lee Curtis a lot better. I do too, yeah. Yeah. Curtis's agent eventually agreed to have Jamie in the film, so... Plume was let go very last minute, which kind of sucks for her. Prom Night was filmed in 24 days in Ontario, Canada. It was the highest grossing horror film in Canada at the time. It had a limited release in the USA and came out just two months after Friday the 13th came out. I personally think it's safe to say that Prom Night benefited from being released basically at the height of the teen slashers. Mm -hmm. It did extremely well in the U.S. theaters, and it grossed almost $15 million. What? Yes. That's wild. Yeah. During its initial home video release, it grossed about $6 million. However, it did get negative reviews from critics, including Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune, who called the film a, quote, watered-down cross between Carrie and Halloween, unquote. And Roger Ebert said, why do people go to these films? That was basically his <laughs> review of Prom Night. Wow, Roger Ebert. We can say a lot about Ebert, but we won't. Rest nah. in peace. No. Nah. <laughs> Abby, please remind us of the plot. Yeah, sure. So the film opens with a group of children playing in an abandoned building. 
And these children are responsible for the death of Robin Hammond because they're playing a game. What is the game called? It's called The Killers Are Coming. Okay. They're chasing each other through this, like, it looks like an abandoned school. And all they're doing is just screaming, like, kill, kill. It's hide and go seek with killers. I don't know. It's not a real game. I hope it's not. No, because remember that review we watched, the Canadian review? They were like, what is this game? Because I thought maybe it's a Canadian game. I don't know, but it's not. (laughs) So Robin is like this poor little girl, and they have like singled her out. And they basically are just like backing her up against this window, screaming, kill, kill, kill. And she gets so like frightened that they just like back her out of the window, and she falls to her death. So rather than, like, them going to the police or their parents and telling them about what happened, they're like, we're going to go to jail, so let's not tell anybody. And they, like, run away and leave poor Robin just laying there on the ground. Kid logic. A couple hours later, Robin's parents and, like, her brother and sister show up at the scene along with the cops and an ambulance and stuff. And at the time of her death, there was, like, a rapist who was out on the loose so they think that he was the one who did it so he gets arrested and like goes to jail for it and whatever we kind of flash forward to when robin's brother and sister are older and it's around prom season so all of the kids in high school are getting ready for prom and like all of the kids who are in the group are older now and all of the people who play them look like they're in their mid-20s and they're supposed to be like 16 17 six years go by and it looks like at least 20 years have really gone by yeah you're like why are you 30 going to high school right now so there is a masked killer who calls each one of the kids who are in the group that killed robin and he picks them off one by one so you know there's like a scene at prom in the locker room where like he kills one girl and then there's just like a bunch of other scenarios where he basically hunts these kids down and like stabs them or whatever so there's a bunch of stuff that happens like typical 80s stuff you know like there's a lot of talk about sex there's smoking pot in someone's van making bad decisions about talking to strangers one girl like flashes the school janitor randomly which p.s the janitor total dreamboat I don't care what anyone says. He's real cute. <laughs> when you text me that, I thought she's joking, right? No, he's so cute. No, he's not. He's he's horrible. No. He looks really scary. <laughs> Abigail. No, he's got like a cute little sweater vest Mm-mm. and like those nerdy square black glasses. No. And he's like, no. There's a scene where they just show him like cutting the bushes outside. <laughs> You're whack. Keep the, going. Oh my God. <laughs> So Jamie Lee Curtis is cast in the lead as Robin's sister, and she has a little brother, Alex. So they're, you know, both getting ready for prom. Alex is in charge of the sound system or something like that for prom. So, like, everybody's getting super pumped for it. And they both, like, talk about the tragedy of their sister's death as they prepare for prom. And prom is actually on the anniversary of her death. So that's why, like... It's such a huge deal for them. So the killer, like, runs amok on prom night, and he goes through all of the kids who were there that witnessed Robin's death, and he kills every single one of them. And 
the police arrive at the school after he like decapitates one of them and there's a head that just like rolls out into the middle of the dance floor at prom yeah that kid actually wasn't there that no, day he's yeah. just an asshole he's just a rando so they're like oh my god a killer is on the loose so the police are called the killer runs out of the school and the police shoot him but kim realize like she has a, a split second where she's like oh my god i know who the killer is and then they shoot him and she takes his mask off and it's her brother alex so alex has been the killer all along the end <laughs> Yeah, basically, that's it. It's a pretty simple plot. Yeah. You can kind of tell why this plot is, like, mentioned a lot in, like, Scream. Mm -hmm. Even though if you've seen the movie Scream, you kind of know that, like, it's not the same, like, characters, kind of. It's not the same reveal as it is in Scream. But you can see why Prom Night especially is sort of, like, the epitome of like the 80s slasher film Mm -hmm. it doesn't get as much hype as like the friday the 13th films or uh even like nightmare on elm street it doesn't really get any sort of hype that the other films get probably because the killer is sort of forgettable Mm -hmm. but you definitely see why it's important when you watch it it's so incredibly simple and that's what randy says in scream he's like it's super simple Mm -hmm. and you know you watch this and I was actually watching this with one of my sisters and she knew immediately who it was. She's like, it's got to be the brother. But if you really think about it, even if you can't guess who it is, when you when and it's revealed, you're like, that makes sense mm-hmm. because he was the last person to see the sister before she got pushed out the window by yeah. the kids. Yep. It would make sense that he would just be there still because mm-hmm. he was just walking away when it happened. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the Bechdel test. It passes a few times, which is really great. Mm -hmm. Between Kim and her mother, when the mother is asking Kim where her favorite red lipstick is, and it also passes when Wendy and her mother are talking and Wendy's mother is concerned about how late she's going to stay out (laughs) and if she's going to come home for dinner. Listen, Wendy is a nightmare. Wendy's like the worst kid that you could ever have. Yeah, she is. First of all, she's a murderer. (laughs) Yeah, that's Second of all, she's such a... She's just a giant B word. <laughs> mm-hmm. She really is. She's so mean. She's so mean to Kim. Even after she kills her sister and she's like, it's not, what does she say? She's like, it's not who you go to prom with. It's who you go home with. And Kim's like, bye. Because <laughs> really all the other kids are sort of like pity friends with Kim. Yeah. After that had happened. And yeah. I that's that's not as good maybe. That's yeah. probably just as bad, but the fact that they're at least nice to her is yeah. nice about them where yeah. Wendy just doesn't care. No. So, we talked about this game, The Killers Are Coming. <laughs> I really have never heard of this. And Me if anyone out there is listening and they have played The Killers Are Coming, let us know. And let us know if you played it because you saw it in the film or if it was something that you just played before you even saw this film. Yeah. Because I'm wondering if it was like a game that was invented just for the film and maybe people played it after, like mm-hmm. kids played it after or something. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> also, how does the game work? It's hide and I guess seek, it but only like works if someone gets murdered. <laughs> no, but listen, but really, I'm really concerned. Like, is the last person found the killer? Like, no. you know how it? No, it, I bet you they're I mean? like the victim, and if you're found by the killers, you die, so you lose. But then they all go together and start finding people together. It's like so... that reverse game of 
hide and seek though where one person hides and everyone else goes and looks for them i forget what it's called but there's like a name for it okay but like so what i understand is that wendy was like the killer in the game and she's going off and finding all the different kids the kids like become killers she turn them all into killers and then they all kill the final person right so then if you're the last person found you lose wouldn't you be the winner yeah. if you were the last person found? Do you know what I mean? Technically, yeah, because you outsmarted a bunch of serial killers. Yeah, you know? so when Nick, the little kid version of Nick, is like, here, killer's here, like when he finds Robin, I'm like, so why did you do that? You were still hiding. Nobody nobody really heard you. Yeah. And then he starts, ugh, it's really complicated. They and are thought, complicated. This doesn't need to be. You could have just been playing hide and seek and you I would have been fine. Kids. <laughs> So complicated. Good Morning Nancy is proudly sponsored by Recess Coffee. We wouldn't be able to create such great content without being fueled by their magical beans. And the great part is, is that each batch of coffee is locally, artisanally roasted, and it comes from fair trade farmers. Gracie, what's your favorite blend? Oh my gosh. Okay, so my favorite blend is the Westcott blend. It has African and Indonesian beans mixed to create a clean, rich, and full-bodied cup of coffee. Mm. It has a rich floral vanilla aroma with a sugared almond flavor and a lemon finish. Yum! Ooh, delicious. My favorite is the Austin's blend. It's a unique blend of African, Indonesian, and Central American beans roasted to create a characteristically rich, dark, and smoky cup. It has a bold roasted nut aroma with chocolate flavors and a smooth, fruity finish. The coffee is seriously so good. I don't even have to put any cream or sugar in it. I just drink it black like my soul. (laughs) So guys, head on over to RecessCoffee.com to order yours today. Or if you're a Syracuse local, stop by either shop at 110 Harvard Place or 110 Montgomery Street. So drink coffee, shoot lightning. Now back to the show. So a lot of the actors were actually students from the University of Toronto. Oh. And they had just graduated, and this was sort of like their first film, most oh, of them. Oh, uh, congratulations. Yeah, and you know, most of them were actually very good. Yeah. I actually am pretty impressed with a lot of the acting in this film. Mm-hmm. So listen, though, you really liked The Janitor. <laughs> I really liked Slick. Slick was really funny. And he's really sweet, even though he creepily, like, scoops up a girl on the side of the road. But she's, like, she consents to this, though. She asks him, like, are you old enough? Like, what's going on? And he's just like, oh, I go to school, too, there, or whatever. Yeah, but how many people do you know who are kidnappers who just say what, you know, the person wants to hear so they can kidnap you? But he looks like a cute teddy bear. And he's Listen. Nice looking. Listen, you like the janitor. Ted I like Bundy Slick. was really handsome. No. And he wasn't really handsome. But he was sort of handsome for the time that he was a serial killer. We're not killer comparing in. Slick to Ted Bundy, Abby. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> Fine. Did you think that Jamie Lee was even more of a badass in this one than she was in Halloween? Yeah, she just kind of had, like, just an like, attitude of, like, yeah, whatever. Like, nothing really phased her, which is kind of unbelievable to me because her sister was killed. So she's just like, well, nothing is as bad as what happened before, so. It's so true. She really stands up to all of the bullies in this. Like, she is sort of just, like, brushes it off. Mm -hmm. And more than anything, that is what makes her, like, a total badass in this film, is that she's the final girl who isn't, like, 
meek kind of like mousy sort of Mm -hmm. like how she was in halloween like she is just like this is what i want this is my boyfriend i don't care what you girls think she tells it like it is like the one girl's talking about how if she doesn't have sex with her boyfriend on prom night that he'll find somebody else and jamie lee is like let him like who cares yeah like if he doesn't if he doesn't respect you then just dump his butt and i was like yes girl like i loved that part of her where she was not conforming to what any of the other girls were trying to make her do or yeah. say. And she just was like, this is who I am and deal mm-hmm. with it. I love that about her. And she was very protective. Mm-hmm. Like the scene where they are in the uh, locker room. Mm-hmm. And I think Kelly is the girl that she's with. They hear like the banging noise and the smash. And oh, yeah. she like goes out and she like tries to figure out who it is. Like she's very protective of the other girls that are in the group. Even of her boyfriend with Nick, when Nick is being attacked by the killer, you know, her brother, mm-hmm. she he drops the axe. Uh, the killer drops the axe and she picks up the axe and she just smashes him in the face. <laughs> she's just like, she's just like, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's very strong and but she's also vulnerable because when she finds out it's her brother, Aww. you feel really bad for her. Yeah. And uh that's why I really think that this was like the Jamie Lee that a lot of people like focused on and scream more than maybe Lori Strode is because Kim Hammond is so natural. Mm-hmm. And there's not that people who are very meek or and or anything or people who are just very strong or not natural but i mean like she is somebody who seems like a realistic person that you would know at school mm-hmm. she just seems like a very normal centered person <laughs> yeah rather yeah, yeah. than a caricature if right. that makes sense she doesn't right. seem like she's a character she just seems like she's based on a real person mm-hmm. so i really like that about her yeah. Uh, Jamie Lee won the Genie Award, which is kind of like the Academy Awards for Canadian cinema. She won for Best Performance by a Foreign Actress in a Film. Wow. Yeah. The editor of the film, Brian Rovick, also won. Wow. So, yeah. So this film got bad reviews, but it obviously was very appreciated. The editor? The editor. Won an award for this film? Sure did. Hmm. Yeah. The film's soundtrack is highly sought after by fans. Oh, my God. Those songs have been stuck in my head since I first watched this. I've been walking around singing Love Me Till I Die for like 10 years now. Love Me Till I Die. (laughs) I've been singing Prom Night, Everything is Alright. Oh, my God. (laughs) This soundtrack is actually does not exist. It, what? it doesn't exist. The film was shot with the actors dancing to like Donna Summers and other like really expensive disco songs. But the, the songs itself have never been published outside of the film. Yeah. So I think you can maybe find them separately, maybe, but there's no like prom night soundtrack. Which also is kind of weird to me because this movie was made in 1980 mm-hmm. and it's all disco like, wasn't the height of disco, like, early 70s? Yeah, but this is sort of like a throwback prom. Oh, Like, you I have, see. like, you know, the Under the Sea prom takes place in, like, the 50s or whatever. Like, you have <laughs> themes, I guess. But yeah. this was the theme of this one. So, the reveal. Like, do you think that it works as the as the brother? I know there are a lot of red herrings in this film. Like, we talked about, like, I thought it was Jamie when I first saw it. There's also that insane guy that you know they caught and thought that did it there was the dad like what you thought do you think it works as the brother and like holds up 
I think it does. It was kind of, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of disappointed that it was the brother, but I think it works. I was like, all right, I guess that's acceptable, you know? I was hoping that it would be the dad, though. And for a split second, I thought it was her mom, because... When they're at the prom and they the camera, like, focuses on the killer, he is very, like, slender, sort of womanly. So I was like, oh, whoa, it would be, like, an insane plot twist if it was the mom. But then I was like, I don't know. You know, you're right, because Leslie Nielsen, for, so going to the dad part, Leslie Nielsen is, is such a well-known actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of thought that he would be something bigger than yeah just the dad and but he's also the principal of the school that's right the principal but. yeah but i th- i kind of thought that he would be something more than just that mm-hmm. so I, I think that that's really interesting that it is just the brother who you don't really see too much in the movie you but you do but it's very like heartwarming moments which almost makes yeah. you feel like it's gotta be him because they have show so many moments of him and jamie's character together mm-hmm. uh like when he's like fastening her um necklace and when which was like, weird that, that was, a was weird, weird scene well he was like i'm not doing that i'm your brother and she's like get in here and then he did it yeah. but it was just her necklace it wasn't like her dress and then they're they're rehearsing for prom and the teacher is like okay give your sister a kiss or something he's like oh that's my sister <laughs> Oh my god, it's so weird. It's really strange. I think they're trying to show that they're close. Yeah. And that's it's a strange dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, let's end the episode with this final thought. We know that Michael Myers is Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. We know that Jason is Jason. So, when we watch those films, we go into it knowing who they are. Mhm. Where we get films like Prom Night, My Bloody Valentine, and even recent ones like Scream, where we watch it, we don't know who it is at first, and then we figure it out. So, like, the mystery part of it is gone Mm -hmm. during the second viewing. Why do we go back to it? Well, with that, I think it makes it a little bit more human, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, if you're watching a movie like Halloween or anything like that, it's like a, it's a, a masked character that doesn't really like delve too deep into who they are not at the first viewing yeah right so there's still there still is that like little bit of mystery there Mm -hmm. but with this it's i think for some people more relatable because it's like oh yes this is it's a revenge film pretty much yeah and i i actually kind of feel the same way but for a slightly different reason so like Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees are sort of magical in a way. They keep coming back movie after movie to kill people because they're basically invincible, which works great for them because they can have sequels. And And I want to point out that Prom Night actually does have a sequel. It's, it's actually really great. It's a ghost possession film, uh, but it's not like a slasher film. It has nothing to do with the first one. And, you know, with that said, I feel like movies where the killer isn't magical or paranormal sort of work for me because it reminds me of, like, Agatha Christie mysteries and solving the mystery and then on a second or third viewing trying to figure out and see, like, how the killer did it. And it's kind of like a game, and and that's why I like to watch these types of slashers over and over again. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's show. And thank you for sticking with us for two seasons. Yay. It really means a lot to us. You guys rock. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Have a great morning. Bye.